is a non-factor. Factually, that would have been refuted by her team if it wasn't in the song. It's in the song. Let's not be petty with it. But in terms of like, um, Khalees, Because the song was gone. I'm like, ah, it's the same song. Shut the fuck up. Fucking hell. The stand is jumping the fuck over the table right now. Like, what is going on? Welcome everybody to the Don't Alert the Stands live podcast. I'll be your host for tonight. Uh, my name's Smooth Fuego. Those of you may know me, you may know me, you may not know me. And for them to actually get me out of hibernation, it says a lot about their panel because I'd never show my face. So before I continue, I want to introduce them. Could Nick, Eden and Shappi each come down here and sit down? Now, I wanted to bring them up here first before I big them up because I, I had to have them listen. And the one thing which separates Don't Alert the Stands from a lot of other podcasts, especially being um, black British male-led, is they're one of the few that people aren't actually campaigning to get abolished because they actually talk sense, <laughs> <laughs> for one. Um, even down to the marketing, like, you'll see that's part, and you're thinking, oh, it's like a little bit of slang, that's part, but it means Don't Alert the Stands. And even to this day, we've been going like four, four years? Four years. It's even relevant today, because if you know the news which happened, was it last week, the week before, with stands and everything, don't alert the stands. You, you kind of get the reference there. And um, I myself, I've been privileged to be one of the guests on uh, one of their podcast episodes as well. It's um, called Church Claps, which is kind of relevant, because, you know, track seven? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, you get it, you get it, you get it. And um, it went so well. It, we literally did it in two, there was two episodes, right? Because we were talking so yeah. much. Yeah, like Absolutely. four hours that we recorded. Wow, yeah, crazy. Hours. And I'm the biggest hypocrite because I don't listen to any podcast. I'll, be I'll tell the truth. But I do <laughs> listen to these guys. I do listen to them. No, I'm telling the truth, seriously. But um, yeah, we're here to talk about all different things. Um, the Beyonce uh, Renaissance album is one part as well. I know I'm going to be doing a Q&A, so all the people in the audience don't be shy. And make sure that your questions and responses are concise as well. Because we only, yeah, exactly. Because I know, I know people have got a lot of things to say, but we've only got, what's it, 15 minutes for that part as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know how they have a lot of controversial opinions, but the one thing which I love about these three, and the thing is you can't even like, you can't even highlight one person, all three of them have very controversial opinions, but the one good thing about their opinions is they can back it up. They have, they will, and even if you contest them against it, You'll be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, this. and they will tell you about yourselves. And I was kind of like, woo, if you listen to my episode as well. But um, yeah, so you guys ready to? Yeah, we're ready. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't let the stands. Cool. Can you guys hear us okay? The mic and everything. Yeah, cool. can you yeah. hear us? Are yeah. we good? All right. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, where don't let the stands, as you guys, I know, you're all here. And um, we are a music and culture podcast with a mark focus on stand culture. Today we're here to talk about an album that, you know, this artist in particular has been a bit contentious, like on the podcast, for many <laughs> different reasons. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about Beyonce. We're here to talk about her legacy, this new album, and kind of how we interacted with it, 
like all of the social media buzz and everything as well. So we'll just start from there, really. So Nick and Shopee, how are you doing? Oh, why, <laughs> why me? <laughs> it's always you first. Okay, fine. Okay, Shopee. <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, it's been a really good week, actually. Babylon wasn't so bad this week, despite the news. Um, but no, it's been a really good week for us. We've really got, we've come so far. I'm really happy to be here with these two wonderful gents and you guys as well. So thank you for coming. And yeah, it's just a great time. We're going to have a great time talking about this album. So I feel great and I'm excited to see what you guys have to think in the question section. So Shopee, now yeah, I'm going to pass the mic to you. All so right, cool. Um, this week has been ghetto as always, capitalism. <laughs> um, you know, it's fine, but I'm definitely just in a moment right now, especially right now, of gratitude and just being grateful that we're even doing something like this. Um, and then a full circle moment, I'm going to be here talking about Beyonce. What more could I want? Eden Mackenzie Goddard. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, just my full government. <laughs> all the time. But yeah, I'm good. I'm just like seeing everyone here. I'm really grateful for you all being here. I got Alex, our friend in the front with his camera, like an auntie, just basically like <laughs> scanning the room and everything. So. Giving me girls. <laughs> Giving me girls. But yeah, like, I'm all good. Um, it's been a fairly hectic week, but like I said, just grateful to be here. Just grateful to talk about music like, you know, we love to do. And yeah, this place is massive. We're walking around mm. here getting lost and everything. So, and everyone's been great as well. I can't see Rebecca, who's been like helping us or Zoe, but yeah, it's been great and I feel good. Mm. But what we'll do is we'll go straight into the listening section. So you know who leads that? Yeah, so before we get into the main event, the main topic, we're all gonna go and exchange one listen we've been listening to. So, um, cause it's our first live show, I felt for me personally that it only made sense for me to marry the two things that I feel like personify me. So, R&B music and respecting legends. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday um, was a very historic day for R&B music. Um, 25 years ago yesterday, Usher released the My Way album, Mariah Carey released Butterfly, but also 1997 mm -hmm. was just in general a mm. very crazy year. Um, Mary J. Blige dropped Share My World. Erica Badu came out with Bardewism. SWV released Some Tension, En Vogue, EV3, Joe, All That I Am. Um, Jean A, Saturday Night. So many great classic R&B albums came out 25 years ago today. But I want to personally focus on Usher's My Way album. Um, that is the album that really set the tone for the legend that he's now become today. We wouldn't have anything else. Mm. 80701, Confessions, Here I Stand. Um, and just listen to, the, listen to it again yesterday and was like, wow, this album is just really damn good. A classic project, aging really well, but... I want to point out one particular song. You know me, I'm the king of deep cuts. You know, yeah. we're not going to discuss the single. We've all heard nice and slow. <laughs> We've all heard wanna, but there's a song in there called I Will, which was written by the members of Blackstreet. And it has forever been one of my all-time favorite Usher songs. And it's just such a romantic song. It's just such a, a lover man song, like really mm. like in the lineage of like your Teddy Pendergrasses and your Barry White's and your Marvin Gaye's. And I just kind of feel that <coughs> above all, like, you know, Usher being like the heart from everything, like it just really puts in front and center his vocal abilities, his sincerity, his vulnerability. Mm. And just the production is like, and you, if you heard the song, it's very clear that Blackstreet wrote it. It could easily have been on their album. 
but I should just really deliver that song. And the whole album in, in general, like, One Day You'll Be Mine, Just Like Me. Shout out to Lil' Kim, killed her verse on that. Um, so yeah, that's my listen. I just wanna say, yeah, respecting legends. We used to give Usher his flowers, like, fully mm. deserving. The king of R&B music. Mm-hmm. Do not compare him to Sammy or Marion. Do not compare Who him... Who does that? <laughs> Marion? What the hell was that? <laughs> Don't compare that? him to Pretty Ricky and these other niggas. It's like... <laughs> Usher is in a league of his own and treat him as such. He is not your mate. <laughs> Chris Brown? No? I'm joking. I'm joking. The verses? We gotta get the verses. Usher has already said that I'm a different caliber. Yeah, he did. He's not, he's above doing those kind of things. If he's gonna do verses, it should be Usher and Friends. Mm. It's not Usher versus anyone else. <laughs> So yeah, that is me. Oh. Usher's My Way album. Check it out, guys. Great album, but also I will. And if mm. I ever am to be blessed with marriage, because you know people are trash. <laughs> um, I I wow. will. <laughs> I will will definitely be amongst the first dance. Eden Mackenzie Goddard. What you yeah. Let's I hate either. going after shopping because literally all I'm gonna say is I'm listening to Nipper and that's it. But literally he's been going in for Usher for about ten minutes now. But. Yeah, I'm listening to Nipper. Um, he's kind of like upcoming R&B guy from Tottenham. Um, that's pretty much it. He's a great artist. I'll say listen to him if you kind of like R&B. If you like Trap Soul, you might like his album as well. Um, he's definitely got like inspiration from Usher as well. But um, yeah, just Nipper. I would say listen to Nipper. We're only going to do one listen each, Yeah, right? we are. Yeah, so what listen song? to Nipper. I'd say Situation's the bait one, but um, there are other tracks on there that I can't think off the top of my head, but I would say listen to Situation and you'll get the vibe mm. of the whole album. But yeah, that's me. Cool. Um, wow. Yeah, it is hard to follow Shoffe. It always is on the podcast yeah. as well. Um, oh, what should I say? Um, I was listening to Ari Lennox's Age, Sex, Location. I think, honestly, that girl, we talked... <laughs> 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 what, what's this reaction? Like, I haven't even said anything yet. What the fuck? Um, no, I enjoyed it before. There's no hot takes. Um, uh, I just think in the conversation of R&B, we talk about SZA, we talk about Summer Walker, who he Winter has a runner. Oh. <laughs> what about Autumn? What autumn. is she doing in Autumn? Spring, Sprinter, Autumn Galloper. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you, because you bully her. You bully her. Like, you're thre- you do a thread and, and just be like... And I actually want to clarify something on that. Though I still stand by, she is definitely not the best female in R&B because she's, she's not. Oh, Thank you. Some, who, who said that? Who said that? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Whoever you are. <laughs> she isn't. But I will not, I've always said she does have some good songs. She mm. can sing somewhat. Um, yeah. Somewhat. Okay, okay. But she doesn't hold a candle to many of the other people we have. So, but continue. Yes, I will continue. Um, so yeah, age, sex, location. I think Ari gets sometimes missed out in that conversation of like the Summer Walker and Scissor chat. So I think for Dreamville, she's doing great. I love the rollout week and what she did during that week. She was in DC and New York doing a lot of events. I love the Neo Soul kind of homage. I think she, out of the three of them, is the one that proper studies and you can tell that she is a... Um, a kind of person who wants to extend that lineage and wants to give love to the Erica's and she wants to really kind of hone in on her artistry and I feel like that continuation from Shea Butter Baby is there and ever present and I love that she takes different parts of R&B and soul and makes it her own as well. It could have sounded really like Erica to the point where she lost her identity but I think she found herself in it. I'm still coming to grips with the album as well but 
I think, yeah, she should be spoken about in more higher regard. And I hope this album does that for her. So that's my listen for the week. Um, yeah, we can get into the main event now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're going to get into it now. So, Beyonce, Giselle Knowles Carter. Um, July 29th released her seventh studio album, Renaissance, her first album in six years. Um, a great day for me. Um, and the announcement was also a great day for me. I remember, I actually remember, I just landed in Lisbon and saw the news like, oh, <laughs> happy days are coming. <laughs> and I remember just telling myself, like, you know what? Because, you know, this year has been very interesting in a plethora of ways, but grateful for lessons and growth and understanding of myself and what I want from life. But one thing that I've learned from Raven the Nation, shout out to you, that if there's more life to live and more to experience. And being joking aside, I need to experience Beyonce album. I like, so keep living, keep going, keep striving. Beyonce's <laughs> dropping soon. So that being said, <laughs> It's true. <laughs> you are such a stan. Like, we have alerted the stan, like, no. literally. I mean, yes. quickly yes. before I, I pass on to Eden, like, I'm reclaiming that. I feel like a lot of people want to, I feel like I've had to have shame about being part of the Beehive. One of the sensible members. Sensible <laughs> members. I'm not going to be on Twitter. No, Kerry Hilson? No. Shane? Like. I like Kerry Hilson. <laughs> I know, I know, but. I'm not going to be on Beehive Twitter time. cussing you in over child positions. I don't care about that kind of shit. But I'm just reclaiming that. I'm a massive fan of this woman, foundational to my love of music. But with that being said, so what do you think of the album? I thought it was really good, but if I'm <laughs> gonna be honest, it took me a while to like actually sit down and get into it. Like I've, I realized that most of the times that it was played was when someone was getting in my car. Like Ori, for example, um, like I went to an event, we went to like a park or something and she started playing it in the car and that was the first time I kind of got a taste of it. And then um, like other people playing it and stuff like that. It's not something I would, naturally listen to and if you listen to the podcast <laughs> that is a point of contentious like quite a lot because yeah and um, <laughs> so um, Eden do you hate Beyonce no like, I that's do not the question. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't hate Beyonce but like I'm getting now. into <laughs> I don't hate Beyonce like I feel like with this album it was great to like really understand the message behind it because it's I'm coming from it for like an outsider so sitting in the music and really just like experiencing it, understanding the sequencing and kind of the transitions and everything, but also the long history behind it as well. Mm -hmm. That was a bit of a journey. And I think once I understood that, then I could understand, the, like really enjoy the full album. Mm. Um, so yeah, I feel like for me, it was a great experience. I had a bit of a weird, I read an um, article recently that talked about why men don't really listen to like women, like their music whatsoever. And I saw like a poll from like Spotify that said like, um, it was like less than 30% or like, 15% or something like that of artists that men listen to are women. And I just found that statistic really interesting. And I was trying to figure out like what my reasons for not listening to maybe Beyonce or like some of these artists were. And just sitting there and kind of like dissecting and understanding. Um, mm. And I just think for me, it was just like, I think as men, we're used to like positioning ourselves at the center of a lot of albums. Mm. So when you do listen to an album by a woman and it's kind of like first person perspective in a lot of it, yeah. It's, it might be a bit, it's fairly hard for me to kind of get into that. And I understand that's like something that us men need to get over. Mm. But at the same time, I understand that that is the process that a lot of men kind of struggle to listen to this album. Because when Beyonce is saying like, shake that like ass like that, I'm standing still. I'm gonna keep it up. <laughs> I'm not moving. You're at the wall, the I'm at the, I'm yeah, at the wall, like the wall. chilling. Okay. But I can appreciate the fact that the album has a long history and it is a great album mm. at the end of the day as well. Mm. But yeah, that's what I thought of it. 
Mm. Good to me. Okay, cool. Um, I'm gonna make a confession. I did listen to the leak that came the day before. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I did. I did. You know, my friend Najma sent it to me, and I was like, "Well, wow, I'm a press play." <laughs> <laughs> She's a part of the Beehive too. She's a part of the Beehive too. She was like, "Well, we're gonna leak that." She leaks. You know, she feels like her team leaked it, but um, I played it, and I was like, "I hope this is the album because fuck, this slapped me in the face." Listen, since four, I'm sorry, didn't enjoy some of the other material released since that moment. I love the visuals, the visuals are cute. Great flowers, beautiful flowers, all of that, but... Um, so Blue did nothing to you? No, it didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, it didn't. Sorry, that's my hot take. Um, I'm admitting a lot tonight. But um, yeah, I played that album and I was like, I really hope it was. It was one day till release. It came out at 12 o'clock um, our time and I played it and I was like, thank fuck. Like it's been the soundtrack to summer. Everyday people have been having that on reload. So I've been <laughs> enjoying, I've been outside. Um, I think, yeah, if this is, there's talk about her last album and if this is the closing kind of remarks and stuff like that. I, if this is the end, like of her mainstream career, I would love, that would be a great way to end it because she, she there's not a miss on that, that album for me. To be honest, I can't wait for some of the visuals. I, I, I'm not some sound. Like, wait some for the questions. Um, like, like, yeah, um, literally, we, we hear some. Wait, so you back. like you like thick? In the context of the album, yes. In the context of the album. And why'd you go there? Like, nigga, what? No, because that's, that's the worst song on the album. Just keep going. Oh, that song is terrible. Um, what well, do you mean? I just, I just think you. <laughs> Those. And I'm going to say, Thick is not my favourite song either. No. Um, but. but those who get it, get it. <laughs> Why can't I hear Timmy? <laughs> Timmy in the audience. I know Timmy somewhere. I don't know where he is, but... <laughs> There's some ad-lib. But yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, but I'd love for you to share your thoughts, Residence Dad. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to say again, a sensible... Sensible stand. Stand. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to be in your mentions. I don't care that You're not going to dox us? No. no. I'm not going to be <laughs> leaking your address. I don't care okay. about that. I'm just about the music. But um, my thoughts on the album. So I just think first and foremost, I'm just um, surprised. Not really, but I guess kind of astounded that, wow, She's done it again. <laughs> like, she's done it again. Like, we'll talk for that. Like, like, and I think, like, when I think about my history as a as a Beyonce fan, like, there was definitely a shift after four, and four, I think, is definitely like a pivotal. There was a change in her and how she moved, mm. and everything she's done after that has been quite monumental in their own specific ways. We had self-titled, then we had Lemonade, then we had The Gift. We're ignoring the Jay-Z album. Um, no ape shit. <laughs> boss. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, just, and I just think in this case, because it's been six years, I was just like, ooh, where's she going to go from here? And then also, just being very honest, like, you know, we're in a very sexist and ageist industry. She's 41 now, you know, she's mm. been at it for 25 years. And I actually forgot to mention in my earlier intro, 997 being historically for R&B, 997 is when Destiny's Child came on the scene. So 25 years in November, Destiny's Child will be, yeah, celebrating. But I just think for me, it's like, done it again also in terms of like how it's a great body of work, but also in terms of the conversation that she's able to emanate and galvanize. Mm. Like there's just so many layers from a musical standpoint, a sonic standpoint, a cultural standpoint, a queer standpoint. There's just so many things to discuss. 
And she's done that again and again with each album over these last 10 years. And I feel like um, years from now, we're really going to document her entire career, but we're definitely going to look um, critically, especially at these last 10 years. Mm. So those are my initial thoughts. That was chunky. Like, in terms of what you said, like, those... Yeah, there's a lot to go off on that. I guess we could jump into the cultural kind of remarks mm-hmm. and some of... Because Beyonce has, you said, the last 10 years, there's been a change. And I think her politics has definitely been illuminated in various ways, you know, like outside and inside her music as well. So I'd love to get you guys' perspective on the cultural kind of conversations that permeated across the album mm. and that continue to extend into mm. today. I have a point, but I don't know if you wanted to go. No, for free. Um, well, I remember, like, before this album came out, before she even announced it, like, when there was just the rumours that she was releasing a new album, they were like, we don't want any more Martin Luther King music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't want any more Black Parade, and we don't want any more of those oh. things. Like, like, yeah, exactly. We don't want any of those things. And, like, in high key, I was like, same. Like, same. Like in the favourite in the tweet. Yeah, same. But, but then this is the thing, though. Like, as much as this album is, like, way more light-hearted, fun frivolous, mm. joyous than her last ones. There is still an inherent sense of politics in the album. And mm. it may not necessarily be in the lyrical content mm. of the songs. But anyway, to be fair, some songs do actually skew quite overtly. Like she references Donald Trump, talks about Karen's. There are some <laughs> references to the ghetto that we're currently living through. There are some of that. But by and large, it's very much just a light-hearted escapist album. But that mm. being said, majority of the album is pulling from ballroom culture and drag culture which you know those scenes were born out of resistance and those scenes were born out of marginalization so even if the lyrics aren't they're like frivolous or whatever mm. where she's pulling from the references she's pulling from the collaborators having honey dijon and yeah. t.s madison you know black trans women so like there is still that inherent sense of the politics that have now come since self-titled and Lemonade mm. and The Gift and Homecoming, it's still there, but I just think that she's kind of toned it down, but it's more, it's alluded to, this go-round. It's not so yeah. in-your-face, it's more alluded to. Yeah. And I kind of channel this album as being part of the lineage that has been with us since 2001, because I actually said, um, and I don't know if Jamal is here, I think he might be here. Um, you see the hands raised, okay. you see the clap. Um, he's, he, he said something along the lines of, you know, we wouldn't have Renaissance without B-Day, and without B-Day, we wouldn't have, uh, without, we wouldn't have, well, without Survivor, we wouldn't have those things, because those albums are, by and large, those are her fun albums, those are her unserious albums, those are her immature albums, those are just, let's just be wild and free, and ecstasy, and joy, and have a good time. And whereas, you know, and like, and I can't, you can't separate that. I can't separate B-Day from this album. I can't separate Survivor. Like, anyone who's heard Apple Pilot Mode and Sexy Daddy, like, those <laughs> songs and those albums have laid the foundations for what we have mm. with Renaissance. And they may not be artistic statements. They may not necessarily be, like, musically the most, you know, high end of stuff because mm. Survivor was their worst album. Um, <laughs> Oh, so we're all in agreement. <laughs> Great, good. Um, but Shafiq was ready to fight. He's like passes in session. I'm just like, so, as long as we know, like Survivor has his bops. You know, we love fancy, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a lawsuit, so can we just... But I'm just saying that we can't um, disregard the fact that what she's doing isn't new. Yeah. Like, this kind of thematic sense of just pure 
freedom and just self-actualization has mm. been traded throughout the last 20 years of her career, Disney's Child and Solo. Eden, I think you made some brilliant points as usual. Um, I think when you say that it's not directly political, I kind of disagree. Um, when I think of songs like Church Girl, for example, that is, I know what you mean by it's not directly political, but when you look at the actual kind of content of the song, what she's actually talking about, and then actually what she's singing over, it is a very political statement about freedom, expression, femininity, mm. and you know, just general understanding and stepping into yourself. Um, and I think the project as a whole, when you kind of, when you compare it to what's going on in the world at the moment, it is inherently political. Um, mm. mm -hmm. And it makes me think about, I read a kind of essay um, from a writer called Margaret Atwood, as you will probably know. Um, she wrote The Handmaid's Tale. Yes, let's get into the English degree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You are so fucking annoying. <laughs> I, mean, I have one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, she was basically saying that um, the interviewer asked, how comes when everything is so good, um, you decided to write The Handmaid's Tale. Like, we're kind of in a society where we're working towards equality and everything, and her response is, people usually look for things, like, negative when everything's positive, and when everything's kind of um, the opposite way around, they look for the opposite way around. And I feel like with this Beyonce album, that really explains that. We're kind of going through so many different things at the moment mm -hmm. as a group of people. Um, you know, I don't want to name them all. There's one thing that's going on right now. But, um, Please don't name it. Yeah, I'm not. Please yeah. don't. We agree we're not going to talk about not that, the by key. the way. Just like, let you know, like, that's not going to be spoken about. Mm -hmm. But if we talk about how this album was released, the message behind the album about freedom, about kind of stepping into yourself, being free in who you are and everything, and then compare that to loads of the rhetoric we hear on the news and everything, it is absolutely um, political. Mm. And I think that's just important to notice. I think um, that's one of the things that I love about the album. Um, it's subliminal, but it's also in your mm. face at yeah. the same time. So mm. I want to see the actual visuals as well. Because mm. I feel in the visuals, a lot of the things that she's kind of um, suggesting, we will actually just see in a lot of the kind of maybe people that she includes in the video or yeah. uh, maybe some of the kind of appearances and you know mm -hmm. background shots and everything mm -hmm. but yeah. I think it is a very political album. I think it's important to speak on that because you mm. know people who aren't in the know you know, might think it's literally just a fun album to dance to and stuff like that. But she's saying some real shit on that. Yeah. And I think it's just important to notice that. Okay, question. For me. Uh, for both of you. Oh, okay. So, um, I think she's gotten a lot of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the audience, the audience. <laughs> like, you know, there was a lot of discourse, especially around The Gift oh, and Black is King and with Lemonade. Oh, we going back there. Oh. So, I wanted to ask both of you, do you think that her not being so in your face politically has served her better this go round than the last few albums. Well, I mean, if you look at a song like even the lead single, Break My Soul, that Oof. even sparked Oof. some, especially following Tiffany's, like I definitely think that mm -hmm. that served for some conversation. So even when she does step back, if this is her version of stepping back, um, it still sparks like controversial conversation or split opinion or dissent online um, and in academic and kind of journalism kind of um, articles and stuff like that. So I think it has served her, I guess, better to take a step back, even if, as Eden said, there are some very overt political themes on the project. Um, I think also her taking her politics to her uncle, for example, mm. in the queer community and the trans community, I think that's actually uh, ironically served her well, like in terms of the conversations that have been sparked and hopefully the visuals hone in on that a bit more and 
maybe she gives a, a direct arm out to that community and kind of visibility um, even more so that's happening right now. Um, and I think, yeah, there is different, there's still political conversations around Beyonce. I think after things like her self-titled and then Lemonade and the visuals in there, I think you're not going to get Fox News not looking at that and like trying to analyze and... Oh, Fox News. Well, Fox News start conversation about her all the time, like literally. So I think, yeah, I think, has she stepped away from politics since the gift? I think she has slightly in certain, maybe the diaspora, like kind of conversations. But, um, and that interview where she said the love letter to, you know, all of that. But I think she still is touching in politics, but in just different ways. And I think she's sense checking where her place lies in all of that as well. Mm. And I think her execution this go round has been better because obviously if we're talking about, you know, black queer people, like, you know, we have Big Frida on the album, mm. T.S. Madison, the Kevin Arviant sample, mm. my Q sample, and then, and kind of like, and I think, and I can imagine for um, a lot of black queer people these last couple of months, they're now being able to uh, connect where they are today to their ancestors. Mm. So even if it's like, not necessarily something that they can understand or can remember, but they're very aware of, because of we, now, we now have, we're in a post-pose <coughs> world, we're in a post-drag race world, we're in a post-legendary world, which isn't mm. a good show, by the way. Um, it's not a good show. It's not a good show. Um, thank Who you. Who don't you have shots for tonight? Like, <laughs> thank you. Legendary's not a good show. Um, and then obviously Paris is Burning has had a massive resurgence yeah. over the years. So people are now being able to connect who they are today with their ancestors. Mm. And I think that has served a burn. I think rather than, you know, you know, with Lemonade, you know, she was very much, you know, oh, Yoruba, oh, you know, Oshun, Orisha. <laughs> you know, which, you know, I have some points on that which I'm not going to make today because I do think that had its place and I do think it did some good, but like when she would just kind of invoke it when it didn't make sense, like Black Parade. Um, <laughs> it didn't make sense. I mean, I love her, but like I said, it's what I'm saying. I'm, a, I'm, I'm part of the beehive, but I'm not, I'm not a fool. Yeah, you can I'm, critique your face for the better, yeah. I'm not one of the other fan bases. I'm not gonna say any names. <laughs> please don't, we've had enough Queen Radio for one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think the execution of her trying to be an artist that relates her music to mm. the nonsense that we're going through every day has been communicated a lot better and a lot more, a lot more neatly. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. I think, um, I think Nick and I, I'm gonna put you in this as well, Nick. Why am I in it? We, <laughs> so we, we were quite hard, like we were quite heavy handed in terms of like the way we interacted with Beyonce you and sure were. her yeah. political <laughs> You definitely led that, that's like, and, and her political opinions. And I think some yeah. of it was fair in some of the things she was saying. I mean, it break my soul when she's talking about you know, working and stuff like that. Like, Where's the stipend? No, like, but this yeah, is I, get, I get that, but at the same time, I'm just like, wait, what are you gonna say? I have a lot to say about Break My Soul, but I'm gonna let you finish. Well, I, the thing is, like, I understand what she's trying to do. She's make <laughs> the way you laughed. I know, the mic really took that. The mic really took that one. Um, no, but like, I think once you understand she's making music for a particular group of people, you understand the message that she's trying to get out to people about, you know, you have to work a job at the end of the day, but don't kill yourself doing it, essentially. I understand that, but I think sometimes it's a bit, it's a bit of a, um, a clash. Like, sometimes she comes across a bit like a hypocrite in some of the things that she's saying. Um, and I think about who she's married to, and kind of, you know, mm -hmm. black capitalism and those conversations. Then mm -hmm. I hear this album and it's the complete opposite. No, Mr. Slug. But obviously, 
obviously she can have her own opinions. Ooh. Like she can have her own opinions Damn, and everything. Yeah. But you know, I do think some of the messages on there are important to just the overall album. But Break My Soul for me was a song that on isolated didn't make sense, but mm. in the actual album I mm. feel like it made sense to the overall theme. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had to wait for it. I think, yeah, everyone had that... Well, a lot of people, let's not say everyone, but a lot of people had that same reaction. Like, there was that kind of worry about what you said earlier, the, the thread started again, like, oh, is she going to be making that kind of music? Like, yeah, um, yeah um, hands up in the air kind of music and all that. But we waited for the album, and she delivered, you know? We, yeah. we, we heard a bit more of her, and there was a bit more nuance to it. So I think we... Sometimes it is a lesson in waiting for the full body of work and how songs fit into the context of a full body of work as well. But yeah, I want to get into Break My Soul because I understand the criticisms and the critique and I guess the it's ironic of her of all people, like a billionaire to talk about quitting her job and, you know, people <laughs> driving you crazy at work, which is real. Um, <laughs> people are crazy, man. Um, but my thing is, why isn't she able to just communicate that? Because she's obviously where many of her fans yeah. will be going through certain things. So like, why can't she be able to be a vehicle through that in her song? Why must it be? And I understand the point. Yeah. You know, Tiffany's was definitely a moment. Still is. She's yeah. still a partner. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What? Uh, no, let's talk about it. Let's be journalists. No, no, I don't, journalist. no. Yeah, we can. We can. And obviously, her, um, her husband... Um, um, <laughs> NFL, NFL, Black Lives Matter, yeah. NFL, you know. Her husband has, has said and done some questionable things these last... Compared to being a capitalist to being called yeah, that Yeah, I know. I was there. Yeah. I know. You were in the spaces? Yeah. Oh, you, you were outside? Okay, cool. And I understand all that, but I do think that taking that out of it, if I'm looking like now personally as an individual, Mm. I feel like, and it's not hyperbole to say this, and you guys may think so, but I really think, and those who like know me personally and like closely, there are many a change going through my life right now, and many a metaf metamorphosis that's happening right now. Yeah. Hallelujah, we thank God for it, but also it's ghetto as fuck. Um, <laughs> and I do think that that song, Break My Soul, has been... <laughs> Um, a bit of a catalyst to a lot of those changes that are happening now. And I'm actually quite grateful that she released it. Yes, is she going through the same things as me? Does she have to worry about rent? No, of course not. Mm. But it has given me that, like, upliftment and given me that, mm. you know, that reminder to, you know, keep positive and keep going and keep striving. And yeah. also, when I think about that song in particular, once Respecting Legends, I'm going to put that in a lineage of songs like, you know, Aretha Franklin's Deeper Love and Martha Walsh's Carry On, which are, once again, also... Mm. Um, 90s house songs, but also there's songs about encouragement and resilience yeah. and triumph. And that's what this song is coming to represent now as we now, you know, approach the coming, these last months of the year. And I think that's fine. Mm. We can acknowledge, yes, she's a billionaire. She's fine. She, her, she's got her kids. Yeah. She's good. You know, Kelly and Michelle are eating well. Yeah. They're fine. But... Fucking hell, man. Like, you just don't stop. <laughs> like, what is going on? They're fine. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> it's, it's energy to do this yeah. podcast with him, like, seriously. <laughs> like, listen, our good Michelle, you know, it's about to be Sunday and as well. And on that note, can we all stream Michelle Williams' gospel albums? They've been, uh, 
so pivotal to me these last few months. <laughs> oh my god. I hope you invoice her. For oh this. my god, I hope you no. Her. One day I'm gonna tell her. She, she has a song called "Purpose in Your Storm." Read, listen again. <laughs> Purpose in the storm. Amen. Amen. So Amen. guys, as you can tell, Shopee's overcome some things <laughs> over the summer. <laughs> like literally. No. Nah, I'm happy for you though. Yeah, no, but, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. And I think "Break My Soul," we can put that in that canon, in that lineage yeah. of songs, and it doesn't necessarily mean that she has to be directly going through things. But, yeah. And obviously, in the context of Renaissance being such a um, a product of Black queerness. She's very aware of how those groups are marginalised, so that song is being a solace for those communities and those people, mm. and I think that's fine. But yeah, her yeah. husband's a mess. No. And so is so she at times. 110%. Um, I think, yeah, this is what criticism is. This is literally what criticism is. It's having the positives, the negatives, the indifference, the things that we don't know yet. We may come back to this in five years and be like, actually, we feel this way about it, and you were going through particular moments in your life. I know that we all know this, and it was like, it served as a purpose to you. I was outside this summer, I saw how it served a purpose to loads of other communities as well. Um, women, men, everyone, like in the clubs, in the in the kind of, on the way to work, I hope I've been hearing it on people's headphones and stuff. It was a big cultural moment and it, it, it was arguably one of the biggest songs, maybe next to Last Last, like as one of those songs that everyone, I know we, you know, it was mid, but it was, you know. It was yeah, yeah, like, yes, you know, mid, like, yes, it's yeah. mid. <laughs> I'm gonna say it again. Last, last is Tony Braxton with Yoruba. It's not. It's not a good song. It's not a good song. It's not a good song. Woo! Um, yeah. He, is, he was well, a man enough for me with a little bit of Yoruba at the end. That's what it is. That's what it is. Burner Boy has given us much better than yeah, that. Yeah, 110 percent. Outside. This album ain't it. The last one wasn't it. Yeah. He needs to find himself again. What was the last one? At, um. 20. Um, oh. Twice as tall. Yeah, twice yeah, yeah, as tall. Oh, the album. Yeah, yeah, that, the album was, yeah, yeah, that album wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, that was oh, Diddy, Diddy's yeah. little project. Damini, yeah. please, find yourself. Woo! <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> where was I? Yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, finish your point, finish your point. <laughs> to land. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's fine. You got smoked tonight. It's cool. He had his wine. He had his wine before. He's, he's hamped up. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, I could see that, yeah, it definitely touched communities as you just outlined. And I feel like there is nuance in that. There's the acknowledgement that she's not in the position, you know, there's some of the things she's talking about on the song, but at the same time, she's potentially advocating for different communities who are going through that struggle, especially during a post-pandemic, mm. a post-lockdown, let me not say mm. post-pandemic, a post-lockdown moment where people are working twice, three times as hard, we're going through a cost of living crisis. Like, so 110%, she probably advocates for that. So I agree, there's there's depth in the discussion. But Eden... Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think um, I think you, you can look at it in, like, binaries, right? Yeah. Um, you can say, like, Beyonce has this amount of money, so therefore she can't say this or she can't do this. Mm. But I think part of being an artist is having the freedom to actually just talk about yeah. what, whatever you want, essentially. And you know, if we think about Beyonce isn't the only hypocrite when it comes to music as well. Like, I was kind of disappointed with Kendrick when Kendrick was like talking mm, about. Please, though. Mm. What? <laughs> like, no, but I, I was kind of oh. disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed in the whole Versace crown thing and like wearing like a three million like dollar crown and stuff like that with the message that he was putting out and stuff. I just found that a bit hypocritical. And Kodak Black's on the album. And that, and that as well. On two songs. Yeah, two, it's three. Oh, right? three. Yeah, it's three. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's three. A triad. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> English. <laughs> 
And he's also a Tiffany's partner, just to oh, add that on as well. Oh. The well. crown is Tiffany's, mm. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well. Just to add that on. New well. one's Steph. It's giving a new minority. No, but like, oh. I do think that you, when it comes to artists, like Beyonce could want a better world where you know people don't have to work like dogs at the end of the day and basically push themselves to the point of exhaustion mm. and everything. Um, and I do think we have to give artists that space to talk about, you know, most things, like everything, actually, at the end of the day. Um, but I think we can also critique it. We can also look at her music and say, OK, I yeah. hear this song, but at the same time, I see that you have Ivy Park and you have all of these different brands where they're made in countries outside of the US. And, you know, you're talking about don't work so hard and everything at the same time. Ooh. It's slightly hypocritical in what you're saying. Yeah. But at the same Absolutely. time, the message can be absorbed by her core fan base to say, you know, Life is trying you right now. Try and push through. Don't let it beat you up. And I understand that parallel, but I think we also need to just look at it as a whole. Mm. Like we, it doesn't always have to be binary in the way we interact with music. It can be outside of that, especially when it just comes to artists. Um, Do you guys feel like artists have to have that responsibility now in this social climate to comment on what's going on around? No, I kind of want everyone to show up. I can't lie. Okay. Like, I feel like people talk too much mm. now, and I feel like the art doesn't really follow up for a lot of people. Yeah. And also, you kind of got situations where people are trying to say the right thing. Yeah. And sometimes the right thing may seem like the thing that maybe society needs, but mm. we need to evolve to the point that we can actually accept the message. 110%. And, yeah. um, you know, Beyonce, Kendrick, um, all of these artists that are coming out of these slightly social, conscious albums. <laughs> yeah, Jermaine, 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 let's not forget about Jermaine. Jermaine. Cole. All of these artists that are coming out of like conscious albums talking about society, blackness, femininity, queerness, all of the above. I think it's important that they have the stage to talk about it, but only if it's authentic. I think if it's forced and it's pushed on people and it's like, mm. um, we need you to say something about this, yeah. then I can't really respect it, but I understand that there's that pressure as an artist to do that. Mm. That's why I respect No Name. Like, No Name mm. went away for a bit because she wanted to focus on her actual passion. She actually yeah. wanted to do and support the communities that she was working with. But... I feel like with some artists, it's very obvious when it's just people just forcing a narrative or forcing a like a, a, some kind of change in society. Mm. I don't think it's always necessary. Sometimes you can just make fun music. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking for that. I'm looking for something that's just fun at the moment with everything that's going on. But then, you know, our dear fallen auntie, Nina Simone, mm -hmm. she did say <laughs> that... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Guys, can I quit? Can I take five? <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, she, she did say that an artist is supposed to reflect the times. Yeah. So what is your rebuttal or answer to that? Damn. Drake doesn't, but I'm saying the other <laughs> Yeah, Drake, Drake, but I kinda like that Drake minds his business, you know, like and just yeah, it just makes that kind of egoistic music, if it, even if it's shit. Like, you know, mm, this this album mm, weren't it, and I will not and the be last going back three, to that. the last three weren't it either. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, 12, oh, oh. Who likes Scorpion here? Oh, views and and that, um... Demo tape. That, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and wasn't there another one in between that? There's been loads. Yeah. There's been mixtape playlists, yeah. all, all of the above. Oh, oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Put, was it that, was that? put it in the bin. <laughs> put it in the bin. That album should have never left his laptop. You didn't like the hit? You didn't never like the hit? Never left his laptop. <laughs> never. Send it back. Send it back. Oh, mate. 
But I do, but honestly, I do like that he minds his business because, you know, we saw the Pusha T moment where Little Miss Blackface came out, the woodworks. But um, no, honestly, I think art is reflecting the times. I think, again, it goes back to whether you're being genuine with it. I think some artists, like, no name is going to be known as a vanguard. Do you know what I mean? Jamila Woods. Yeah, Jamila Woods. Yeah, 110%. Um, I think over here, Koji Radical, Little Sims, mm -hmm. I think they are going to be known mm -hmm. as um, vanguards as well. But you can always Solange like yeah. she's gonna she is the vanguard right mm -hmm. now people are biting her work right now literally and it's it's um black thoughts another one yeah it's an amazing mm. album 110 percent. and i think it's even lupe fiasco in his time a vanguard um mm. i think you can always tell when an artist has done the introspection and the work and it's in how the material's released it's in the intention it's in the interviews it's in the credits, it's in the acknowledgement of the credits, it's in the visuals, it's in all of that. And I think you can always tell when there's a kind of a performative tone to it. Even mm. this Kendrick album, I'm sorry, part of it was performative. I'm sorry, it was. Like, uh, part of it was performative. Let's not yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah I know you fucked with it. Wait, yeah, wait, yeah. Eden has a rebuttal. Wait, which part? <laughs> <laughs> you're such an instigator. <laughs> he is, look at him, he's like leaning back. Like, you want, to, you want some more water? Like, what you like? No, what? because Eden said, if it, this might, is this still correct? This is your favorite Kendrick album, correct? Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite Kendrick album. <laughs> So Eden, 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 let me, if you're going to ask what I think you're going to ask, which is which part, Yeah. it's the part that you just spoke about. The crown, the performance, it's the visuals oh, part wait, of it. And wait, all wait, of that. you're not talking about the album. I'm talking about that's part of the album, the visuals oh. and all of that and the thematics. I think he's putting himself as like, <laughs> <laughs> he's positioning himself as a deity. And I feel like some of the work that, and some of the comments that he's made over the years as well and on this project, I think, counteract that and I think it is a bit performative to position yourself as that especially in the place in rap we are in now and especially after even Kanye how he's positioned himself in that way as well I think even he had the he saw what happened with Kanye and the commentary and stuff I feel like he he is being a bit performative in how he's visualizing that album and I it kind of rubs me the wrong way and it rubbed you the wrong way? Well, I interpreted what you said differently. So that's, okay, on, that's on me. Because I thought you were talking about the actual track list of the album. At a certain point, it became performative. Yeah. But what I'm hearing you say is it's literally... The it's how he's conveying the, the performances message. and everything. Yeah, 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 which, yeah, I, yeah. like I said earlier, I, I agree. Like, mm. the, the crown and everything was a bit too much, in my opinion. And the performance at Glastonbury, which was just like... Yeah, that's what he was wearing. That was really confusing. Um, but I definitely hear what you're saying in terms of some artists, you, it's really obvious. Mm. Um, I don't think... I know Beyonce gets it a lot, and people say that some of the things she's talking about, she doesn't embody. Was it Chimamanda who came for her? Who, who during the yeah, during the self-titled. Yeah, self-titled. Yeah, self-titled. Yeah, yeah. So during Chimamanda allowed herself to get a check, then came. And then she came. Yeah, yeah. Respect. There was like, <laughs> <laughs> get the bag, like she got Babylon, the bag. Like. Yeah. Because let's let's keep it a hundred. Copies of Americana soared after Flawless. <laughs> Half a Yellow Sun, they soared. Her name soared, yeah. just like Wasan Shire. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you, people. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's important that we do hold these kind of artists to account when we're listening to their music. I do think it's important as fans we're able to say, Kendrick, this album is good, but comparing yourself to Christ is a lot. Like, you're not, <laughs> you're not Christ. Like, the album isn't that good. It's but, getting um, weird. It's very weird. Yeah, but I would say, like, in terms of other artists, there is this kind of pressure to be kind of talking about everything at the moment, which is why I like Ari Lennox, because she's literally just talking about love, but she's doing it from a very kind of wholesome and authentic place. Mm. Um, J.I.D. as well, there's quite a few different artists you can point to and say, they're making music for themselves and their Sabah. fans. 
Sava, God, you got a list, God. I'm, I'm oh, we had a list, my bad. I mean, um, I do, but... Yeah. <laughs> when does he not have a list? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But yeah, that's the point I wanted to make. Mm. And that's fair, but... What do you think on that, actually? Yeah, yeah you didn't answer the question. Um, I think it's interesting, because I do think there's a particular pressure on black artists to Period, do so. Yeah. Because there's, there's the whole idea of the, the sellout and the whole you're not speaking about our problems and you're not yeah. talking to the community. And no matter how big or naughty you are, there is that sense of what do my, what do, what do my people think? What mm. does my community think? Mm. And I definitely think in the case of rappers, there is definitely that pressure because hip hop in general has, has was born out of political strife mm. and yeah. marginalization. And I think in the case of someone like Beyonce per se, um, Mm, well, I don't know, because obviously she's obviously a big crossover artist. Like, you know, Sally Sue loves her, you know. <laughs> like, they all love, like, you know, she, single ladies. Like, you know, she's a big <laughs> pop star. Like, so it's different for her. But I do think, like, what's happened in the last 10 years with, like, you know, Black Lives Matter and things like that, like, she kind of couldn't ignore it. She couldn't really give us another irreplaceable or she couldn't give us you know, get me bodied after that. She had to, like, do something. Yeah. You know? And obviously, her sister, her age mate, is mm. out here giving us, you know... You know Ceremonial bodies of work. Exactly. Ceremonial. So... And not, not to say that she isn't genuine in doing so, because I even think, and it was a big part of the album, and I think Beyoncé's activism, quote-unquote, isn't necessarily in, you know, talking about injustice, but I think for her, it's in her curation and her... Because I feel like she's high-key a historian in like when you think about all the different nuances and sounds not only just this album but even like limited like visually all the references like yeah. she's pulling from various black sources across mm. the diaspora and I love that about her and I would rather her do more of that mm. rather than you know speak out about classism or whatever because not everyone has the range nor that should they be able to like, you know, we had someone a few days ago talking about, you know, you know I'm not going to get into her. Um, Please don't. I'm not going to get into her. Please but don't. I'm going to segue, in, I'm gonna segue <laughs> in. I'm going to segue into this. So, Ian, we also being a curator. So, like, I'm looking at Renaissance in particular. Like, you know, what I think she's done with this album is she's really gone a long way to redefine what dance music is. Because mm. we have had this idea, especially in the last 15 years or so that it's like, you know, very EDM, Geordie Shaw music. Whereas this whereas this album, you're really getting the spectrum of what dance music has always been. Like we yeah. have we have disco on here, we mm. have funk on here, we have New Orleans Bounce mm. on here, we have Afro House on here. And a lot of, and someone said this recently. I'm a piano. Yeah, I'm a piano. We have Afrobeat. Like, there's so many sub genres and underground subcultures which are all inherently in their own ways dance music. Yeah. But they're not David Guetta or whoever or all those things. And even that, she even she even dips into her Caucasian bag of hyperpop. You know. Yeah. Yeah. AJ Cook has a check from this album. He's credited on the album. And and that's what I love about her. I'm not trying to. I mean, Sorry, I'm just thinking of Charlie X. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. go on. And I think that's what I. And that's what I think. That's where she does her best work as an activist. Would you call her an activist? No. Okay, cool. But that's, that's what, why. That's I'm just making sure. Just clarify. But people put that label on her, and I think not necessarily because of her actions, but I think it's in the music, which I think that's the perfect way to do it because she yeah. is an artist. She yeah. is a musician. She doesn't have to be out here speaking like you know 
a Black Panther or a politician. Yeah. You know, let her do it through the music. And I think this album does that because people who are now, you know, researchers and archivists, they're going to be like, oh, wow, okay, disco <coughs> came from here. Hip-hop came from here. Boogie came from here. Jersey Club came from here. Yeah. Came from here. You know what I mean? And I think I saw a clip of, um, what's his name? Doneo. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but there was a documentary on Channel 5 about... The Black British. Yeah, about Funky yeah. House. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. And he said something along the lines of that, no matter where you are in the world, whether it's African-Americans, Africans, Caribbeans, West Indians, <coughs> Haitians, all our music is, we love to dance, mm. we love 100%. to party. And a lot of that comes out of situations which haven't been the best. Yeah. Like disco music, like which has laid the foundation for literally... EDM as we know it. Yep. Donna Summer, Giorgio um, Morda, Sylvester, literally have laid the, the gauntlet for what we now see as dance music. Mm. And Sylvester was a black gay man. Donna Summer owes her career to black gay people. And acknowledges it. Ingl- well, she was also homophobic, but anyway. But still, it's um, acknowledged it, though. I'm just saying. But okay, Donna, nuance. I, I, love, I love Donna, rest in peace, but, you know... Yeah. Remember what you said. We remember. <laughs> we remember. The North remembers. We remember. The North remembers. And I think that's what Beyonce does. And yeah. I think even and that's what she's always done. I think that's what she should continue to do. Always been a student. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. And always even on stage, been a student. Like, you missed out like the stage performances. Mm-hmm. I think even her staging is immaculate. Like I remember when she did the um, the Super Bowl the first time herself. Like the amount of group chats that were involved. Like when I spoke to Jack on night, like he was going in on like the amount of Say that where, again, friend. No, no, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Jack Hell Knight, who has choreographed many a Beyonce performance, interviewed by our dear Nicholas Tarasco. Oh, <laughs> thank you, teacher. Like, <laughs> but um, no, honestly, I think we had a very long conversation about that, and he was like, there was like six months of WhatsApps. They took trips. They took. They went across to different states: Atlanta, to New York, to LA, all of that. So. She does the work, like the homework, mm. and the people can attest to that in who's worked with her across the time. The dream always mm-hmm. has high regards with her research and analysis. So I think you're you're right in that and saying that her her work or her kind of giving back is in the background mm. and the back work and the the staging or the musicality or the artistry or who she puts on or the credits. Look at the credits literally of anything and you'll see where her mind has worked and who she's worked with across the ages. And I think more than ever, this album has just shown me that she is a music nerd at heart. Yeah. Like, mm. all the people she's worked with, the, the plethora of samples, you can't deny that she's just, she just loves music, but she's a nerd. Like, she is on YouTube going through <laughs> random shit. She's a crate digger. She's in the vinyl shop getting random things. Because some of these samples aren't even on streaming platforms. You have to go yeah. on YouTube mm. or SoundCloud to find them. Mm. And I think we need to give her more credit for that because by her sampling them, she's uplifting these people. And now people like us can go research and Google and go into these different underground cultures and be like, ah, oh, this person, that person, this community, mm. this region. In Do the you world. feel like she doesn't get the shine in that regard? No, definitely not. Definitely okay. not. I think she's more upheld and heralded for her visual performance, which I understand. Of course, you know, yeah. As a performer... Um, as a as architect of music videos, but in terms of her like a musician as an artist, definitely not. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not. Okay. I think mm. that's starting to change now, but historically no. Do you think this album will pave the way for? I think more so. Of that? I think so because it's like it's undeniable at this point. And my thing with her is is that yes, she's like you know going into the depths and sampling and everything and like researching, but like it's like the execution. Now, 
for those who have, you know, seen Pose and Drag Race and all those things, like, she really is getting into her cunty bag, this album. <laughs> and, like, when I heard, and I remember, um, I was at my friend Teresa's house. I hope she said, I don't know if she is. Um, yeah. um, I played, went to her house, we listened to the album again, and I heard Pure Honey for the first time. And I was like, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> And I just could, I knew exactly where she was pulling from. I knew what she was listening to, what she was watching. But the fact that she was able to deliver it at a high level, it didn't seem like half-hearted or yeah, half-assed, mm, like yeah. Aubrey. Um, <laughs> she re- I was thinking of Madonna. Oh, Madonna too. Madonna. Her too. Yeah. But she really studied the cadence, the rhythm, the tonality of these voices, like... And though you could may argue it's appropriation, there's definitely an argument for that. But she really clearly took the time to make sure that she was um, articulating certain things in a particular way. Like the like the last bit of heated, like mm. like that mm. little verse at mm. the end, mm. like mm. I couldn't believe that's her. Yeah. That could really be like a ballroom DJ. Yeah. Like yeah. that really could be that and she really yeah. honed in and really embodied the spirit yeah. of those kind of people. I know you don't like the Carters, right? But I think over the last 10 years, she has worked on her cadence. I think that is a big part of her evolution as an artist over these this last decade, the last few albums. And I think even, you know, our good friends, the Migos, definitely worked with her who's, on that. Who's good friends? <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. It's a figure of speech teacher. Yeah, don't like, put me in that. <laughs> but um, you've admitted to liking some of their songs. You have. You do like you yourself. Have. You have. Don't, do don't lie to yourself. We can, we can go back to the archives. You definitely have. <laughs> I'm implore all you to go back to the archives. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, she's worked on her cadence, and even with them on that album, she personified what they were doing, the Atlanta trap culture as well. So she's mm-hmm. definitely been able to augment herself through these different albums in different ways. And I think that's a salient point that you're saying about this album as well. She's, it's just honing in. You say this album is a part of her discography, like all the past eras of herself, mm. even including Jay-Z in that. And I think, yeah, there's a strong part, there's a strong argument to suggest that in her cadence and studying where that's come from and all the other eras before. So yeah, just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, that was just definitely, she's like a student. She's very much a student in everything that she does. And I feel like, um, you know, Drake gets the chameleon card quite a lot. And I feel like it's used in quite a negative connotation. Mm. Um, Like, you know, Drake is a character. That's not, if if we met Drake, I don't feel like he would actually be like the way he presents on Instagram. No, we haven't met Aubrey. We haven't met Aubrey. We haven't met Aubrey yet. But like, with the way that Beyonce interacts with source material, but also like really absorbs. I don't want to say character, but I hope you know what I mean when I do say character, like the role that she's supposed to play on certain songs, the experiences she put, she's supposed to embody. Yeah. Persona is a much better word, yeah. Um, it is very honest. It is very true. She does seem more like a guest than actually trying to, you know, overtake and yeah, um, be a voice for certain people and say, I can relate to this because I've done the research, whereas people have actual experiences, which are slightly different. Mm. Um, and I think that's what makes her stand out. It feels like she wants to offer something to people instead of taking away from them. And I feel like Drake, you know, I'm, ja- I'm Jamaican and Bajan, and sometimes when Drake does some things, I'm just like, <sighs> no one speaks like that in Jamaica. Drake. Like, literally no one speaks like that. <laughs> the so, clip the other day was fake, though. The, the, the thing on TikTok. Like, there's a thing on TikTok with him speaking. Oh, no, yeah. yeah that, that's fake. <laughs> like. But yeah, she seems very, very real in the way she interacts with the source material. Um, but I don't know if I kind of want more political types of albums from Beyonce. I want more fun stuff now, if I'm being honest, personally. 
Um, but that, that's generally across the board. I'm kind of exhausted of the amount of political messages that I'm getting from music at the moment. I just want to literally sit down and enjoy something. Um, so, yeah, that's my And who on. is doing that for you right now? Who is just someone you could just... Just play and listen to. Play and listen to, um, think about the world. Well, I mentioned Nipper as my listen today. Mm. Um, he's quite fun in the way he interacts with music. Like, he is a romantic at heart, but he's like, I'll still pull it out. Like and shoot on someone if I need to. Like well. he's from. <laughs> Did you that just sounds say wild. Shit. Wait, hold on. That sounds kind of wild. That sounds kind of wild. What time? Ten thirty. That sounds wild. You guys go on then. But like. Did um, they? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. No, but like I like at the moment I'm listening to Nipper and like loads of these R and B. <laughs> Sorry. Do we need a moment? <laughs> Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> Let's get our minds out of the gutter a little bit, like... Um, uh, but, yeah, Nipper's doing it for me at the moment. And, like, um, mm. yeah, Ari Lennox, like I said. Yeah. Just, like, love music, but also, like, you know, that. I hate you, because I know where you're going to go with it. I know where you're going go on. Who's doing it for you? Like, who, if you, you know, Babylon is doing Babylon, who's your person? Um, well, I mean, I just think, naturally, for me, I just think... Uh, I feel like when I listen to anything that's not from today, mm. I can really just... Go away. Like. Go away. And even some of those things may be, like, in their own way, like, political or mm. whatever. But if I'm thinking of something recently, I think, no, our, our good friend Kalala is back. Mm -hmm. um, and I love her new single, Washed Away, but also I've been listening to a lot of her older stuff recently, and I've definitely been listening to her last album a lot this week. Mm. And that album has definitely just been like, a, you know what, let me just enjoy this, you know. Yeah. Let me just vibe, let me just listen and just take it in for what it is. And then also, like, I think um, um, Charles Stepney, who mm. was an, an incredible arranger, musician, producer, who did a lot of work with Earth, Wind & Fire, Millie Ripperton, Rotary Connection, Etta James, Muddy Waters, Chess, Chess Records. Like, he hasn't, well, he's dead now, but... His estate released an album of unreleased demos um, called Step by Step, which is amazing. Mm. And that album has been like very like, yeah, just like, just put it on and just let it go. Yeah, let things go. That's cool, man. Um, I remember when oh, I'm not gonna like focus on this moment too much, but June 2020 was intense. Yeah, people asking us to explain things, infographics, all of that. And I just remember taking a walk every day because we were locked down at that point. And I would just play Gunner's Wanna, like his album there. Mm. Like I just remember being able to escape and obviously the situation with him now, like obviously free them and, and yeah, free Young Thug as well. But um, I think it's uh, it was an album that was able to take me away. And whenever I listen to it, I'm able to get back into that mind state of just, you don't need to, do not disturb. You don't need to focus on the political climate and what's going on right now. You can just kind of escape. Um, in that same ilk of people is Young Nudie, just released the tape. Um, I'm enjoying that. I think Trap is my escapism, really. Like, I'm able to, yeah, just get into ig my ignorant bag for a moment and just kind of yeah, step think, away. Think and, like, just say nothing. Obviously, it is, because I think you said something earlier about um, the split between conscious and unconscious rapper, and I really hate that debate in hip-hop because every rapper's experience, it's for the most it. part... Rick Ross, we're not talking about you, but like some rappers, um, 
is there most of them is real experiences yeah. or as close to real or in their proximity and stuff so it is it is to an extent conscious they are consciously yeah, yeah. talking mm. about what's going around them but i think yeah back to that trap world i'm just able to kind of create a barrier to it i guess it's because i don't live in the united states or atlanta or the south at large as well but yeah um and my thing on this podcast is women in rap as well. So Lotto, like I love Lotto's music and like being able to escape to that too. And Rico Nasty, and you know that, like love Rico. We love so, Rico. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've gone over time. Like I'm looking at the time. I want I want to hear from the audience. I think we we still got a while. We got about twenty. Yeah, we got twenty minutes. Yeah. Do, let's, let's do questions. Let's do questions. Okay. Yeah. There were a lot of hot takes. So please, now's your time. Raise your hands. Yeah, Smooth's gonna share this. Yeah, no, yeah. I can hear you. Oh. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna be coming around, and yeah, I'm of Jamaican descent, but my name isn't Shelian or Elaine, so just. There's no need for me to get there. But um, I'll be coming around. But um, the first section is on the Renaissance um, album only, and concise questions, introduce yourself, and then ask your question. We're yeah, gonna, then anything. Then we're gonna First section and the second section general. is in general. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. You wanna raise your hand high as well? There's, there's one here in the front. Okay, okay. You got me walking, man. <laughs> Out of breath already, you know. I need yeah. to go to the gym. I can't even see properly. I'm like trying to look. Hello. Oh, hi. Devis. You good? I'm good. Okay, so my question is kind of two parts. So okay. I would say, in what you said i think beyonce's strength is her performance mm -hmm. and what she does is bring light to other people by putting her in her work so i in my opinion i don't think she has to be vocal and verbal in what she does mm -hmm. because she she's basically like a vehicle or platform for people to get noticed and to get shine that's to anyone else that works with her that's like the most beneficial thing she has ever done whenever she creates music she brings people in the fold um so i don't think she has to say things her husband is another thing but whatever mm -hmm. cool yeah, so my question is this. Because, like, what she does is visuals, and she's super rich, and you have loads of artists that have dipped into, like, the queer community, i.e. FKA Twigs, mm. Quite Unknown. Um, she did Voguing in her video, but, yeah. you know, not a lot of money. Yeah. And then you've got Tayana Taylor, got a bit of hype. Yeah. This pussy, that, mm -hmm. was, that was a good serve. Everything was solid. A lot of features in that, a lot of famous people as well. Yeah. What are you expecting from, like, the visuals in Beyonce's album? Which mm. song, first of all? are you most looking forward to in terms of visuals? Mm. And who are you most looking forward to seeing in that visual? Damn, fucking hell. <laughs> That's a big question. That's a very good question. Um, <laughs> I, I saw, obviously, the teaser that got released mm. like a few weeks ago. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of looks that are going on, aren't there? A lot of wigs, just a lot of that. It, look, it looks really good, so I think there's going to be loads of features. I was shocked that Grace Jones approved everything in the background because she's very, you know, hardline. She doesn't hates like Gaga, doesn't like Rihanna, she doesn't like anyone, <laughs> child. So listen, I was shocked on that. I want to see if she makes an appearance. I think that would be a huge moment mm. for the lineage. And I think, you know, the, she deserves way more reverence in our generation. So I think I'd love to see the appearance there. We'd love to see Grace Jones on move and all of that. So, yeah. Um, I would say I want to see like how Church Girl is presented Absolutely. in a visual format. Mm -hmm. I just want to see how she communicates what the actual message is behind the song. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want to throw another song in there as well. I want to see energy. 
but for a reason that's kind of maybe particular to Beam as an artist. So Love Beam. Um, Beam is of Jamaican descent. He's a dance. He makes dance. With his dad was um, a dancehall artist, I believe, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he knows. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm intrigued because you know Jamaica is quite a homophobic country. Like my country is quite homophobic. I will admit that. So I'm quite intrigued to see the way that he, as an artist, interacts with some of the messages that are in the song, um, and you know what he does in that video if he is in it. Um, mm. overall but yeah church goal and um, energy energy yeah thank you I actually wasn't going to say church goal but I want to second that I definitely am intrigued to see what should have church goal because I said on our Twitter a few days ago that I do I want to see more discourse around that song mm. um, because that song is yeah it's quite an interesting song because it really does marry you know the the holy and the erotic, mm. you know, and it really creates. <laughs> why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> Just juxtaposing content. Yeah, but like, it, yeah. It, it does, yeah. you know. Because, um, you know, it talks about, you know, essentially it rebuffs respectability politics, especially for women. Mm. And I'm just intrigued to see how she communicates something visually. But well, I think the first thing that came to my head, pure honey. I want to mm. see that. Mm. I want to see that. Yeah. I just want to, I just like, that's what I want to see. I know she's really going to really up the ante with that with that video she's gonna so. go reckless mm -hmm. can i just say i love the tongue-in-cheek in the track listing as well like america has a problem yeah. and like church girl i love how she flips the concepts mm. on that that's a skill that not a lot of people are talking about so yeah yeah sorry next question <laughs> is it working can you hear me okay we'll keep going but if you can could you keep your hand up as well so that i can make sure i see you i remember this person was next so i'll come to you just after but yeah What did you just whisper? I feel like you just whispered something. Oh, I said I can tell it's going to be probably a hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, uh, yeah, it kind of is. My question is, what are your thoughts on the whole Khalees samples? Oh, I knew that was going to come up. I knew that was going to come up. I'm going to let you start. Why should I start? Resident Stan. I'm going to, and you love, you love her as well. So yeah, I'd love more Khalees. Yeah. You always break a, You've done it through the podcast. If I was come on, shops. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> In this essay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I understand her grievance. I understand her frustration. <laughs> but her issue was with Pharrell and Chad. Thank you. No Beyonce. Agreed. Thank you. That's the last thing. She has every right to be mad. Every right. Pharrell and Chad finessed her out of royalties and finessed her out of songwriting credits. But I feel like she had way more smoke for Beyonce than Pharrell and Chad. Way more smoke. Like, throw, throw a little dig at Beyonce. Fine. But where were... You said nothing about Mr. Happy. Nothing. <laughs> did nothing. you not watch all of the IG videos? I she did, definitely no, addressed I did, Stop It. I did. Like, she did. Stop, I did. Stop, stop. No, no, she did address she did, it. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. She had more smoke for Beyonce. But you said you just said she didn't address, like, come on, but take that back. comparatively, though... <laughs> Comparatively, she No, but she addressed, like, the fact is she addressed. No, but like, my point real. is, her energy should have been more placed there. Yeah. Agree, but you just said that she didn't. And All that, right. We'll go back. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna go back. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking, but, like, honestly... But yeah, that's, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah. So, I understand why she's upset. I understand why she's pissed. I completely understand. Like, mm. you know, sampling can be such a tenuous thing. Songwriting credits, copyrights, I understand. But... The issue was with Pharrell and Chad, who you worked with on those two amazing albums. Well, three, actually. Um, yeah. Mm. I've got a question to that. Do you think artists should have to ask people to sample? Like at the end of um, Forest Hill Drive, 
J. Cole talks about the fact that he wanted to sample a song and he couldn't get it cleared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was saying that you shouldn't have to ask people to sample your song because of creative freedom. Do you guys agree with that? No, I don't. <laughs> Run me my check. I want a car. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, wait, get paid. You do get paid. Like, wait, what? Money is Kylie Jenner? Kylie what? Jenner Why are we talking about her? Like, <laughs> So <laughs> music is different to hell. Like anyway, but yeah. No, because I, I don't agree with it personally. But I just kind of want to understand what that process would look like where an artist just picks up a sample and you know puts it in their song. I do think it if happens you create all the time something, in drill. Yeah, you should no. get paid at the end yeah. of the day. No, but they, they definitely get paid. Like they don't. Like an artist. Like I just interviewed an artist where he just took the song. He just he just put it in the song. Maybe it depends on what the sample is. Because yeah. Ashanti definitely got paid by age. Oh, I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about a drill. It's not it's not age. But it's oh, a drill. I'm not going to name names. No, I wasn't saying you were talking about. It. No, yeah. I was saying like as a as example, individual, as an yeah. example. Oh, she definitely. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't agree with that. She sentiment. was last and then she was a feature as well. So. Say that again. Who? Ashanti. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true actually. Yeah. But yeah, you don't. Do you not agree with that? Like you think. I believe in creative freedom, but I do believe there should be some form of a conversation. I don't believe you should just be able to pick up someone's work and then kind of mess with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe in all of the blocked doors that happen behind when someone wants to sample a song. Sometimes, sometimes inspiration hits you and you want to make a song. I believe people should always be paid and money should go to the artist who yeah. made the song. But the music business doesn't work like that. It's, mm. It depends on who has the, the kind of masters and everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I do agree with Lisa's point that Beyonce should have reached out to her. I was just gonna I bring do that agree up. With like, that. it's just courtesy. I do agree with that, because I do believe they have mutual friends and stuff like that. So I don't think that, even though, yes, it's not really up to her, it's up to her own chat. Yeah. But I do think a courtesy would have been, hey sis. Yeah. Especially knowing Although the information. Although that being said, I don't hear the sample, so I don't know why she's mad. Okay, but wait, like, pause. If it's there, no, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If it's there, factually, it's there. It don't matter about your ears. It's in the music somewhere, you know. But my thing is, like, I think because I was she, listening, I was like, but Shante, that is a non-factor. Factually, that would have been refuted by her team if it wasn't in the song. It's in the song. Let's not be petty with it. But in terms of like, um, Khalees. Because the song was gone. I'm like, ah, it's the same Shut song. Shut up, hey, the fuck hell. The stand is jumping the fuck over the table right now. Like, what is going on? Damn. All it took was a phone call. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, and honestly. I agreed. I like, said, girl, yeah. it's going to be on the album anyway. <laughs> like, I love you, but girl, like, you know, that's all that. That's all we wanted. That's all the streets wanted. That's, that's it. But to answer your beautiful question, that's what our thoughts are. Okay, we go to the next one. When they introduce yourself and ask your question. Hi, I'm Desola. Um, I wanted to kind of ask about singles. So, and like the individual tracks. So it's kind of two part. First off, what are your favorite songs? And what are your least favorite <coughs> in your mind, Vic? Um, so another question was like, is Break Break My Soul the correct single for this album? Because I go back and forth about if it should have been Cuff It. I just want to see it, your opinion on that. Mm. Uh, I think Break My Soul, in terms of sampling, is the most recent sample that people would be able to kind of pick up and... I feel like in terms of songs that came out, that was the one that people would be able to listen to and go like, I know that sample straight away by hearing it. So I do think it was the correct single to release overall. Um, in terms of your first question, in terms of what my favorite song was, I would say it switches between energy and I would say church girl, but then sometimes it's um, 
move. Like it switches quite a lot, to be honest. But I love energy. Like I love that song. Same. Um, but the transition from move to what's after move again? What songs after move? Heated. Heated. The transition Sorry, from I'm that I think is really beautiful. Just how in like the first one second you've got move still playing and then mm. it switches over and everything. I think that's really beautiful. Um, but yeah, what about you guys? Um, so I think, yeah, Break Myself from the Outset was going to be the single because yeah, even when I listen to the album, I kind of feel like it's an outlier. I kind of feel like, not that it's not cohesive, but I kind of feel like it's definitely got a different vibe and yeah. energy compared to the rest of the album. I can feel, I can definitely tell that. Yeah. She recorded the song. Okay, this is going to be the one yeah. to entice everyone. It's an earworm. Yeah, it's an well. earworm. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I do think that it was, it was the right choice to be a single. Um, this is my favorite songs that changes all the time. And I knew someone was going to ask that, so I thought about it this morning. And if I was going to say three, um, Cozy, Move, ah, oh, Move. Yeah, Move. Why you say my own? Like, literally, because And um, Pure Honey. Yeah, those mm. are my, my favourites. Yeah, I'll echo the first, of, the first two of Chope's um, favourites. Um, and I think... He, it is one of those songs like no one knew what the album was going to sound like. We all had our different theories based on it. I think there are other songs that fit together and align a bit better than, you know, Break My Soul in an isolated sense. So I think, is it the right single? Um, well, it did what it had to do, didn't it? Like in terms of cultural impact and all of that. It was At first, I think we were all like, it's getting a bit, like, don't know what's going on. But then as you started to get into it, I think, and the album version, obviously, we all, that's the supreme version of it. And I think... It all made sense when you listen to that album version as well. It all came together, like, in the end. So, yeah, she she proves that she knows the industry. She knows how to navigate it now. So, yeah. Yeah. But I can't wait for the other singles. Oh, oh least favourites. Well, we all agreed. I already said mine, One so. song, yeah. we all definitely agreed one. I mean, I, I do like Thick. I do like it, yeah, but it's probably my thick. least favourite. Yeah. 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 I do like the song, but it's my least favourite. Yeah. So, what, what Yeah, let's not oh, talk okay. about that one. Yeah. Forking <laughs> out. Go to the next one. Um, could everybody keep your hands up as well so I can see everyone? I'm going to go over to that side because I don't want to be too biased, but I'll be coming back and forth. But keep your hands up. Shakina! Look at him. Second down. Second down. Okay, let's, let, we'll do yeah. one, one more Beyonce question, then it can just be general. Renaissance. Yeah, Renaissance. So one more Renaissance question. And then, then it can be general. They're so just like general, general, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi, guys. Um, it's Jamal. Hi. Hey, Jamal. Oh, uh, hey. Firstly, let's like can justice I just say, for Survivor. Oh, can I just say thank you so much for all your support? Yeah, Honestly. Like, you are the greatest. You are the greatest. Why are you not clapping? <laughs> um, yeah, so justice for Survivor, firstly. And then, um, what I wanted to ask is, <laughs> um, obviously, like, it's Beyonce, we love Beyonce, but nothing in this world is perfect. Okay. So, if you like, had to pick out your one criticism for the album, what would it be? I'd say, just so break the ice, for me, it's... Just break the ice, break the ice. <laughs> say, say what's on your mind, say what's on your that chest. That is my hot take. For me, it's... The lyrics, I think that's the weakest part of the album to me. Okay. So, like, what is you for, what is it for you guys? That's a very good question. That's yeah, a really good question. Good. That's a really good question. I'm gonna take the easy way out. 
<laughs> and I'm going to say it's something we already said. It's the um, Break My Soul critique. It's the, um, it felt, there was a tone that kind of felt at the start a bit performative and the, the juxtaposition of the Tiffany's partnership being like a month before and all of that kind of stuff. It was just, yeah, all of that alignment with her. Did it come from a genuine place, like that conversation? I'll, I'll take the easy way out. You two can. I'll enjoy. I really, I really don't have a question. I really don't have an answer to this, if I'm being honest. I, I wouldn't really change anything about it. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> <I> said that? <laughs> what about I wouldn't even remove like... it. I just don't like it personally. Okay. Like, um, I think it. I think because of the way the album is built, the way it segues into the next song, it has to be there. Yeah. So if it was removed, it wouldn't really make sense overall, unless the, the person who kind of mixed it was they able to it. fix that. Yeah. But I. I wouldn't want to remove it because then overall it might be a different experience in terms of the way it sequences. Why are you like... I'm just thinking about, I don't know what to say either. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't know what There's I There's not a thought I would say. No. I'm not to say it's the greatest album of all time, but I'm just saying that <laughs> I just like, I think you said like, like I can't imagine the album any other yeah. way. Yeah. F faults and all, but mm. I just, I can't. Faults, yeah. you said faults and all. Is there any... And by that I mean like certain songs that I'm not particularly oh, fond okay. of, that kind of thing. But like, I can't really say like, what would I change or what mm. would I wanted less of. I guess if anything, yeah, I guess like if we had to, I, I, she could have trimmed the track listing. Okay. Maybe like, you know, it could have been a really succinct mm. 14, 13 songs, mm. you know, like, as, I like Thick for what it is, but if we didn't need it, yeah. we didn't need it. No, um, Streets don't need it. And I don't think we we needed all up in your mind. I don't think we needed that oh, song. Oh, we're getting the rule now. We're getting okay, cool. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, so like I think it's maybe track maybe it could have been trimmed too. Yeah, trimmed, the fat. trimmed, but I don't but I don't dislike those songs though. Okay. But we don't we need those songs. Yeah. All right, we got five minutes left. So smooth. Do you want to ask someone else for another general question? General question. So just general dats stuff. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna go over there, but. <laughs> she was actually Tequila, literally one of the first ones, so I had to make sure that she comes oh, in with uh, what her back. Yeah, I'm scared. I'll be what going back and forth though. <laughs> what is this bloody question, mate? No, you know I like chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and I might get beat up on the way out, but I'm Jamaican, so you can't fight me. <laughs> now, <laughs> I wanted to ask a question about the problematic grandma only Catania Mirage. Oh, oh for fuck's sake, man. <laughs> Why? Like, really? Yeah. Like... Sorry, because I have to oh. know. The Lord knows. So Listen, the Lord knows baby Jesus and the grown one too. I've tried with that woman. <laughs> I really have. <laughs> I really I have. Can't do this. I can't. And I used to be a barb. I retired last year. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I was such a barb. Remy Good Ma. For you. Remy Ma had me blocked. She still had me blocked. Like that's no, seriously, that's the barb that I was. But this <laughs> This past week has been the most traumatic three days and I don't even follow oh, her. And I honestly um, wanted to get you guys' opinion on this whole Supergirl remix, uh, people coming for her, Azalea Banks doing voodoo. <laughs> I, <laughs> voodoo? <laughs> because the stress has really hit my left breast with this woman. <laughs> and I just can't do it anymore. I would love to know your opinion on this situation before oh. we leave. I mean, I think it's only right that we leave it to our expert in women in rap. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Wow, you really got me back for that last one, didn't you? Okay, cool. Um, the rap girls are in a civil war right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, I don't know who started that, but um, yeah. yeah. What was the origin of that? I really don't know, and I need to find out. Like, <laughs> um, what do I think of this situation? Um, it's giving coke. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, what, what I would love Nikki, my half namesake almost, to do is focus on the lawsuits coming up, focus on the keeping her man away from kids, and, and focus on focus on not abusing women online for saying that you're pushing 40, which was a fact. Shout justice for Wanda Thompson, like seriously. But um, yeah, Nikki's crazy. Um, she's that crazy era. It's sad because like she'll always be remembered in the history books, but she is. It's time to retire. That's my thoughts. It's, it's time to go. We don't need you anymore. Like, you did what you had to do. Like, it's true. It's yeah, done. It's like, it's done. All she does is cause chaos at this point. Yeah. Like, and the music is shit. The music sucks. <laughs> How was your solo number one your worst song? Like, what the fuck? Like, like, that last album, Queen, God help her. That last album, no. It's, it's sad. No. She's going out real sad. You were, real sad. You're like, what, 14 years in the game? No solid album. No really. classic. No classic. No really. No classic. You want to be afraid? Huh? Um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> classic? <laughs> classic? <laughs> Blazing? Well. Save me. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. You're very funny. Very classic. Okay, cool. Hardcore. Okay, cool. Hard. That's a classic. This isn't. That question was a lot. I was saying, you know, I was feeling a bit of chill, so I got my winter coat on. I'm kind of feeling it a bit. I was like, woo. Um, Okay, one last question. Final, Uh, final, yeah. Okay, I I, I can't not do this. I'll go straight to this. Before you ask the question, can I just ask, is there anyone on that side that hasn't, that has a question? All right, so we'll give one more, just over there. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, sound guys, please. <laughs> so it's me, Chris, hey. <laughs> um, my question to you guys is, do you think Beyonce will win Album of the Year next year? She's going to go against Adele, Harry Styles. What's the, what's the, what's the second what's the, name you said? Huh? She's, who was it? Oh, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Oh, okay. Harry St- he's going he's to get nominated. He's going to get nominated. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna get nominated. He's going to get nominated. He's going to get nominated. You all need to end your bondage with that man. <laughs> I don't get Some it. Some of the music adds up. I don't get it. I don't get it. The acting doesn't add up, no. but some of the music I'm adds sorry. up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Harry Styles is in the same power as Duba Lipa, mediocre white person. <laughs> what was his question? It's the album of the year. Yeah. So the question's album of the year. How's it she? And um, I know she won't win it. They'll give it to Adele again. Or Taylor Swift. Taylor, oh, oh. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift is dropping in like a few weeks. They'll give it to her. Uh, oh yeah, the Adele's album coming, isn't it? Yeah. She won't win. She should, but she won't. I think she's a shot. I think yeah. she's a shot. I can we just divest from the Grammys and like award shows? That's my thoughts. Like yeah. I'm just over it. Like I'm so it over true. it. Like Renaissance is a classic. It will be remembered as it, and like we does it doesn't need a Grammy to be. Yeah, that's, that. that's, that's my true. thoughts on it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I agree. And she has like 25 already. Literally, she's so. fine. She good. <laughs> she good. The wall stacked. It's fine. But yeah, the question. Okay, we've got to the last question. It's the very last question. Thank you. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, hey. So, quick one. Do you, and this is in relation to Renaissance and kind of just everything generally, but do you not think that we apply a certain particular kind of pressure on black women, not just musicians, but just black women public figures more so? Because I feel like we have such a huge discourse around any time Beyonce or anyone of that ilk kind of does stuff, but it's not this, it, I don't necessarily feel it's the same for our black male counterparts or white count and all of that. So what's your opinion on that? Can, can I ask for clarific <laughs> clarification on the question? So do you mean in terms of talking about specific yeah, topics? Yeah, I, I just kind of feel like even like, why was there so much discourse with Break My Soul? The woman puts out a song on mm. a Tuesday and <laughs> it's, like, well, it's like all of a sudden, it's She's just like, oh my God, <laughs> this billionaire's telling me to quit my job. But she, like, and it's just like, mm. nuance, guys, nuance. Like, mm. why is it that we can apply that yeah. to so literally every other musician mm. when it comes to Beyonce? It's like discourse, discourse, discourse. And I think... I just, I just would really like to hear your opinion because mm. I think it's not just with Beyonce. I think mm. it's with black women generally. Mm. And yeah, but yeah. Well, I think like there is this like humble, it's this humble nature that we kind of try and force on black artists, but black women in particular. So um, when we hear them talking about maybe buying something nice or like putting money in something that might not seem like financially smart and stuff like that, there's all this criticism that happens. Um, when it comes to Beyonce, I think the criticism was because of how big she is as an artist um, and where she is in terms of owning you know, Ivy Park and all of these other businesses as well. That is a valid critique. But at the same time, you're right in saying, I didn't get your name, sorry, but um, you're right in saying that you know, when it comes to men speaking on the same topics, there isn't that same pressure. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's something that definitely we need to look into because um, the likes of J. Cole, and you know, we spoke about Kendrick as well. And we spoke about how you know some of it's performative, some yeah. of it isn't true. But the public discourse is like, wow, Kendrick is talking about this thing. We should really like push him. Whereas with Beyonce, it's like, why is she talking about this? Mm. She mm -hmm. has all of this money and everything. And I think being aware of that kind of um, parallel is important. Um, but I, don't, I, the only thing that I can come up with is misogyny, misogynoir is the reason why that we, why we put that pressure on them. It's definitely but, that. Yeah. It's definitely that. And I think. To be honest, to refute some of what you said, actually, I think with the Kendrick album, actually, it was a universal, there was universal criticism. Like, in terms of big US critics who would usually praise him, there was a huge conversation, and that was the biggest Kendrick conversation. I think we are in a place in hip-hop. J. Cole had it his last album, especially after the No Name. He did himself no favours for that. And I think it's, we are in a place where... <laughs> he didn't, he didn't. I was a big, I was a guy who cried up for your eyes only, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was it's fire. like, literally, so he's, yeah, I had to divest from that. But I, in terms of, um, there is a conversation where we are critiquing people to that ilk. Beyonce is one of the biggest artists cross-generationally of our time. She's mm. one, people argue she's one of the last living legends. So I think that's mm. always going to come with her stature and with anyone in that position's stature if they make an album that leans into politics. I think misogynoir is where we're talking about where it's heightened or amplified in certain spaces as well. Um, I especially remember kind of the Lemonade conversation and, and that was definitely when J. Cole and Kendrick were getting praised 
when J. Cole's been a misogynist his whole career. Like, so, mm. you know, and that's only been brought up in recent years before, um, Anna uh, in the wake of, yeah, Anna Homophobe, <laughs> yeah. But there, even, there was even, there was articles about that though at the time, whereas the misogyny wasn't brought up as much, I think. It, it kind of got buried, the homophobia, mm -hmm. but there were articles. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, yeah, the isms, the isms and phobias add height. And when you are a black woman, especially as you present skin tonally and all that kind of stuff, the darker you are, it's gonna amplify and be amplified onto you more. I mean, even, oh, I hate to like start this whole can of worms, but even the treatment Azalea Banks gets versus Kanye West, like, let's talk about that. Like, yeah, they both, yeah, we, you know, we can both leave them over there, but one's being left and one's being, you know, global stages still. One still Yeezy in fashion, one still leading fashion week next week. One's you know? cooking cat skulls. Yeah. <laughs> one's doing voodoo. <laughs> but um, yeah, Shopee, do you want to answer that question as well? I think you, you guys you guys got it. Yeah? Cool. So are we cool to. We can yeah. wrap up. Cool. Yeah. I want to say something before we wrap up. So. Speech. Oh, um, <laughs> so obviously, don't like the stands. We've been here for almost four years now. It'll be four years in a few days' time. Yeah. There is one person that this podcast would not exist with, or it would not be a thing without that person, and that is Alex. Okay. So I want to make sure that everyone... A pioneer in the Black Bridge podcasting field. Yeah. Mostly lit, get yeah. to know. Yeah. He's an author as well. He's an yes. author and everything. Come on. Yes. And yeah, don't speak. And <laughs> <laughs> and literally, we just want to say a massive thank you to yeah. Alex for you know putting me and Shopee together, but also give him his flowers now, and say thank you mm. for everything you do because you're amazing, man. And we just want to literally praise you for that. Yeah. So yeah. Before we, before we wrap up as well, I do want to thank, I don't know if they're here, but our producer who produced the theme music, JZ, who's done the both versions of our theme music, and also Shay, who did our initial artwork, and Man Like Mike, who did the artwork that you'll see here. Um, just incredible people and who've really supported us. Your cousin, Studio Times, mm -hmm. many a session. Um, Aaron for editing. Yeah, Aaron episodes. for editing yeah. some of the episodes Tony, as well. Yeah, Tony, Tony Supreme. Yeah. Also, Jamal, we kind of tried to do yeah. some stuff with you. Yeah. Shout out Taste Mug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Just wanted to give everyone their flowers as well while we're here. But yeah, thank you guys for coming. It was lovely seeing you guys in the flesh and everything after getting shady comments, you know, for Beyonce. Um, I have a question for Shopee. Oh, God. So, obviously, I get a lot of heat for the Beyonce saga that we've had. Have I redeemed myself now, or am I still going to be a Beyonce here? Which one? No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> everyone, everyone heard that, right? Everyone heard that. He has to think about okay, it. Cool. He has to yeah. think about okay, it. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Thank and you. And that's for our show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.